Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, we want to talk about pitching. I want to know some things about pitching, things like uh, can you gain philosophy, can you improve accuracy, uh, how do you go about pitch selection, things like that. Let's start off with, with philosophy. Now, I know that a lot of athletes and folks that are looking at athletes, they always say they can't teach speed. Now, that's always talked about foot speed. But can you teach speed as far as throwing a baseball? Yes, you can. But it's gonna, it'll take more than two weeks. It's yeah. going to take a while. I mean, the talent has to be there to begin with, right? Yes. you gotta have, uh, you got to have the ability to uh, deliver the ball in such a way that it's gonna, you're going to have that kind of velocity. It, you can't push it. you got to throw it. It's that kind of deal. If you're pushing the ball, you might as well, you might as well go be a, a lawyer <laughs> Matter of fact, I heard one of the instructors one day watch a guy throwing, and uh, after he got finished, he asked the kid, asked the kid, he said, well, where do you go to school? And he told him, this university or something. He goes, I think you might need to stick with it. <laughs> okay, so there's, 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 there's really no set way to do something, but there are proven efficient ways of doing it, and that's what we all in, in the game are looking for. All right, so what you got right now, you're – uh, to teach a kid to throw harder, it's going to have to be all right, a slow, methodic process. And where you do a lot of throwing, it, to, to tolerance. You don't want to overdo this. Right. So you do a lot of throwing, do a lot of stretching, and you eventually extend that out the throwing and when I say extending out no rainbows right it's straight on yeah. whether you're bouncing in or not line drive at on. 60 feet line drive at, at well, 70 feet line drive at 80 feet just just right we got a long toss program and and most of them are the, roughly the same where you start off at six uh, well you get loose first you get right. your arm sure. loose sure. Every, you don't want to you know shock the muscle by going hard out uh, 100 miles an hour right out of the yeah, chute like you do at the carnival when you're trying to dump the guy in the drink Oh, yeah. That hurts, too. I, I did that myself. Um, so what you're doing is you're starting off at about 60 feet, and you make a pretty strong throws, nice and firm, to each other. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you move back to 90 feet, and you do, I would say, five or six throws per. Mm -hmm. 
because what you're going to be doing is you're going to make it, be making a lot of throws by the time you get all the way back and back in. So you have 60 feet, five or six throws. If same thing at 90 feet, firm. Then they need to move back to 120 feet. And most organizations say 120 feet's enough, not me. I say let's go back to 150 feet and let's get it from there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if, and if the guy is really needing to accelerate that, I would go up to 180 feet too. Okay. All right, five or six rows. Bring it back into 150 feet, five or six rows each, 120 feet, 90 feet, and back to 60 feet, and then there's a cool down. Nice right. and easy, mm-hmm. uh, soft toss. To, uh, not as quite as firm, but about three or four minutes of that. And then when it's finished. Is that a daily exercise? Yeah. Okay. It's daily. It's every day. Okay. All right. After it's over with, then I would go slap some ice on my shoulder and my elbow. Okay. For about 10 minutes. I mean, this is stuff that I did that helped. <clears throat> I got drafted as an outfielder. When I saw what, what I was up against, I said, well, I need to catch. So, you know, my, my arm was a little short. That this is a, the process we went through, and I, I got to where I was getting it down there pretty good and throwing some guys out that nobody thought I could throw. <laughs> but it's all about doing the work, though, and, sure. and, and, and working towards it. If the work isn't done, don't start expecting different outcomes. You have to work at this. That's just like if you want to work on your speed. The best thing I thought I found was uh, to jump a rope. Yeah. What you're doing is you're training your anaerobic muscles, and your timing and rhythm is better. Your athleticism becomes better because you're actually, you're actually having to do multiple things in, in, in a rhythmic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's part of that. So let me back up. Let's go back to this arm strengthening. I would actually do some French curls too. Okay. That's where you lay down and you, you isolate your elbows and, and you, you know, raise your arms from the from your hands to your elbows. Is that with dumbbells or a barbell? I'd start off with dumbbells. Okay. Two pounds. Okay. And then go up to five pounds. Okay. And then I'd get a, a, a barbell, a, a curl bar, and do 10 pounds. And about, you know, three sets of 15, do it that way. And that's something, you know, that's not, that's not something you can't do every day. Right. A lot of people do it every you other day. Do that day. sitting there watching the tube. Yeah, you could, that's something you could do because, you know, but and, and get it up to as much weight as you can because your triceps, your throwing muscle right there. Everything upper body, um, uh, a lot of guys don't like bench pressing, but I thought bench pressing was good because it strengthens. It strengthens your, your, your shoulders, shoulders and your, and yeah. your lats. Yeah. And, uh, and not, excuse me, your pec, pectorals. And, and those have, they play a minor part in throwing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrist rollers wrist rollers where you got like you take a broomstick and you and you drill a hole in the middle of it and put a weight on hang a hang a rope down right. with a weight on it right. and roll it up and then roll it down mm-hmm. you do that you got to get strong forearms too mm-hmm. or particularly when you're having to throw other pitches like a, a curveball and a slider right all right that that takes some you know if you got strong muscles it's going to take a lot of pressure off those ligaments right. so the stronger the muscle the less pressure on those ligaments, and this is my opinion, and you forego a lot of arm injuries by doing it, doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Pitching. Let's go into pitching. What happens when a pitcher gets tired early? 
What goes first? The muscles. Legs. Yeah. Okay. You got that's yeah. why pitchers do more running than anybody. Sure. If it was up to me and I had my way, everybody would be running with the pitchers. <laughs> everybody. Well, imagine uh, you did that when you were managing. I, I did I did it when I was playing too. Uh it was uh I stayed in in the best shape because of that. Um I didn't run with them every day, but I did run with them some. Um anyway, so uh that that's that's important too. So we got the arm strength now. Now let's talk about the pitching aspect. Okay, so let me put it this way: When I had my, I got pitching coaches that were really good. Um, that's their job. But what I I and during those meetings with pitchers, it was a very short meeting because all I'm going to give them is my expectations. Right. I want you to consider this. We're going to throw strikes, you know. Focus on first pitch strikes. Right. That way you you be, you get a tactical advantage on the hitter. Well, I think you once brought up in this podcast that you <clears throat> told pitchers that you want to batter out of the box by three pitches. Three, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the other part. Well, throw strikes, get people out and do it in three pitches. That'll now, speed up the game. Well, it definitely would speed up the game, particularly if your tempo is up. If you got an up up tempo, yeah, you know, one pitch outs are exactly what you want, sure. particularly as your manager. Absolutely, the, you're getting the other team out on one pitch, a three pitch inning. Of course, not rarely, rare does that happen, right. but uh, that speeds up the game a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, so <clears throat> there's too many pitchers out there that's trying. They're trying to uh, they get zero and two, and they try to nip on the corners. Next thing you know, they're walking the guys, right. You got to go after the hitters, and the reason you think of it that way is because the the chances of the hitter being a good hitter are thirty percent. Right. All right. Think about it now. If you yeah. and, you and I went to business, yeah, and we did thirty percent, how well, we, how we'd awful. be yeah, we we either <laughs> be bankrupt or fired, whichever the case or, may or be. The, or the soup line at the Salvation Army, yeah. begging for a bowl of soup. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, in baseball, that's a different reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got thirty percent, right? So even if you're throwing the ball right down the middle, there's a thirty, there's a seventy percent chance you're going to get him out. Yeah, you're uh, playing the percentages. Playing the percentages again. Now there's some analytics. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, if you're keeping the ball down, you got a better chance of hitting it on the ground and one of your infielders picking it up and throwing them out for you. Right. Now to do that as soon as possible is is keeps Fair you in amount. the game longer. Yeah. yeah. You know they're putting 110 pitches on these guys. Okay. I think they could go further. Yeah. They really could. I mean, yeah. this is kind of the standard, and it's taboo if you go over that. Yeah. Uh, Framber Valdez just set a record with like 26 uh, quality starts in a season. Quality starts is now a stat that's kept as opposed but, to complete games. So what? how many averages – well, excuse me. How long was he in the game? What was the average innings he Probably was in six. the game? Probably six. Okay, that's, that's a quality start. If you go six innings and well, you know. you're you're setting standards down way low there. Oh yeah, a quality start for me is a guy going out there going nine innings. Uh, yeah. Okay, let me. There was a game in the major leagues where I believe Nolan Ryan was throwing against Louis Tiant. All right, it's when he was with the Angels and Tiant was with the Red Sox. That game lasts an hour and twenty minutes. No, it went into extra innings. Well, okay. But they were still in the game, and I think Nolan Ryan something like 250 pitches and, and uh, Louis Tiant 200, 230 or something like that. It was something crazy. Yeah. 
well, these guys never really got hurt. No. Because they were busy working on working yeah. on their physical training to, to stay in top shape. Right. Um, I, I would uh, I would estimate that Nolan Ryan worked harder than Louis Tiant. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> but, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But he did. He did. He never really got hurt. I mean, I, and if he did, I don't know about it. Man, I could be cha- challenged on that. But anyway, think about it. So 110 pitches. Okay. Most guys are looking in that dugout in fifth inning if they got a lead, like, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. Well, that really upsets me. Sure. Because what I'm trying to do is save my bullpen. And and that's the way we did it. When I, when I was managing an independent ball, I, I we had 16 complete games one year. And the closest one to us had one. So at the end of the year, <laughs> when I needed my bullpen in the playoffs. It was there. They were the ones that came to our came to our, they were our savior yeah because they were fresher right all right so there's a strategy right there i don't know if you're if you're playing analytics you might not that might not be a good strategy but it sure makes sense if you got a guy that's in in great physical condition and stays that way he's going to be out there as long i'd like to see an average go from seven seven plus innings really would that mm-hmm. would be great um one other thing or a starter it, yeah. i'm sorry how do you go about improving accuracy? Is that just practice, practice, practice? Yeah. Throwing in a target 50, well, 100 pitches a day. Okay, you got to look at you got the pitcher's plate, the rubber, 17 and a half inches wide, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so is the plate. Right. So that track from the plate to second base, which is was 17 and a half inches, <laughs> it's not going to be 20 and a half inches. But anyway – you got you got a real narrow track uh, a, a real narrow track to throw within right okay and efficient means that you're going directly to, toward the plate okay okay the best one I ever saw do that was no uh, excuse me not Nolan Ryan well he was good at yeah. it he got good at it but uh, Tom Seaver okay Tom Seaver when he finished he was always square to the hitter ready to uh, catch, Field, yeah. catch the ball well, that's what you taught in little league. Exactly. So, you know, a lot of guys are spinning off and they're going from side to side. Well, if you're looking at that, you need to be going north to south and not side to side, east to west. Right. So your efficiency in throwing strikes are going to come up, particularly if if you got a a, a, like a three quarter high arm angle going towards the plate. And your balance and direction is toward the plate instead of towards first base or third base if you're a left hander. So, Accuracy is 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 the deal, and if you're practicing throwing strikes, practicing hitting targets that you put the catcher on the you put the mitt on the outside corner and throw to that, put the mitt on the inside corner and throw that, put the mitt on high in the zone and throw to that. Okay, high inside. Oh, oh, and two, high and inside is a very tempting pitch to swing at. And, sure. a lot, and most of the guys will swing at that. Right. The more disciplined hitters might take it. But t- typically when when you get two strikes, you get a ta- you, you gain a tactical advantage over the hitter. That means one ball to four – excuse me, one strike to four balls. So you got a, you got opportunity here to get the guy out. Right. But – most guys, you know, they'll try to choke up, get up on top of the plate, choke up for a little bit of back, back control, get on top of the plate for better plate coverage, and try to use uh, use the opposite field because that's 
mainly where the pitch they're being pitched. I don't see that adjustment often though nowadays. Not in the major leagues. No. Uh, they're still on the end of the bat <clears> trying to <throat> knock it over the fence. Well, it's it's that they've gotten accustomed to a two strike uh, situation and and they know how in their own mind how to uh, how to deliver. Right. So it which is okay. You. You get that ability. I mean, you get to that level. Level the ability to be able to do other things is is still there. Is there so stuff that you, some guys can't do in lower levels that you know they need a two strike approach. They need to do it. All right. So we got you're throwing in a seventeen and a half inch alley, like bowling. When you bowl, you come straight back, don't you? And you go bowl it down the alley. Correct. You don't go east and west and throw it all over the place. <laughs> well, that's my best analogy. Oh, okay. Well, you haven't seen me bowl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so, all right, what else? That's enough on that part. Okay, well, then pitch selection. I mean, Strategy, <clears throat> yes. Okay, so here's the other deal. Well, now, before we get into that, I all wanted right. to get into to the – pitch grip or whatever it requires to throw a curveball or a slider or whatever. And why is it that some guys can throw a slider that, you know, starts on the inside corner and finishes, you know, in the left-handed batter's box and some guys can't? I think to me, to me, let's talk about strength of the grip. Guys with really a tight grip on that baseball at the end of their, on the end of their fingers, which this is, you know, it goes back to the forearms being strong tight grip right that and pulling down with that middle finger right there you got you're gonna get some uh real sharp late action okay and it's probably if they're over the top it's probably gonna break down <clears throat> action is down and away and 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 late so you got that kind of late action on the ball you've got a hitter thinking it's a fastball and they're gonna swing at it and miss it because the ball's gonna be moving away from them at a later uh late just about over the plate yeah. you know they talked about Mario Rivera threw a heavy fastball. What he did, cut it every pitch. It was okay. So he cut the pitch every. What he means instead of throwing directly behind the ball, mm-hmm. he had turned his hand. His his arm would be turned just a little bit, and he'd come off the top end, top side of the ball on the right, mm-hmm. and that ball would move in to the hitter so, or move away from the hitter. So that may be more body physics. For each individual pitcher who can or can't do those things, possibly, and you can learn how to do that too. But uh, I would say, in his, and he was strong. He was a strong pitcher and he had a heavy, uh, a lot of muscle muscles in that arm, and mm-hmm. it, it was ninety plus fastball too. So that's not a whole lot of time to react. Mm-hmm. Actually, hitters got right at four tenths of a second to react. Now the way they're hiding the ball now, he's actually got three tenths of a second. So you're taking twenty five percent of that away. Uh-huh. So this is good pitching when they're hiding the ball. It, you know, the, the guys are just seeing it out of hand, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, let me back up. <clears throat> okay, let's let's talk about curveball. So if you got no turn on on your hand and you're going directly to the target, right. that's a fastball. Right. If you turn it a quarter turn and stay on top of it and go down, that's a slider. Okay. Now, half turn with a middle finger and snapping that, snapping a thumb of that middle finger, now you got a curveball, and it drops straight down. Right. If you work on that, you can get it right. A lot of guys are throwing curveballs a little too early for me. 
Okay. You're it's, seeing it's it. straining those ligaments in the elbow. Yeah, and particularly before <clears throat> puberty, you got a lot of cartilage in there that, that's not bone yet, and you could damage that cartilage. And, uh, you know, I had a player that was a good pitcher that pitched in the big leagues, and he had damaged his uh, growth plate in his elbow at a young age. And uh, this guy pitched seven or eight years in the big leagues, and it was really good. And, you know, they had to go through massive uh, – rehab after every game just to get him back for the next day okay so it's the the better way to do that is to limit that activity early so here's how i look at this a young kid that's throwing curveballs if i'm the coach say okay you throw a curveball but here's how we're going to do it if he's 11 years old let's say he's 12 years old i'm going to say he should throw five pitches per year of age that's 60 pitches tops. Now, if he wants to throw a curveball, he can do 10% of that. He can throw six of them. That's it for the game or less. I mean it. I, and we ride hurt on that, too. Mm-hmm. I did that when I was coaching uh, select ball, travel ball, whatever yep. you want to call it. Uh, yep. that, that got looked at because it them to be able to compete, they're learning how to compete at that level, okay? But we're not playing for keeps there. No. So there's nothing to – there's no reason to go out there and damage ourselves where we can't do it later on. Right. So that's why I limited that. Uh, then if they re- if they weren't throwing it right, I'm going to show them how to throw it. I'm going to definitely show them how to throw it because they're going to do it. I want them to do it the right way. Now, throwing a curveball is like throwing a football. Mm-hmm. Your hand's on the side of the football, and you come straight down. So right. your hand is turned halfway from where – from the face of your hand to the hitter yeah. is a fastball, a quarter turns a slider. Half turn is like throwing a football. And if you can throw it in a perfect spiral, you can throw a curveball, which is what we did when uh, we were with the Rangers and Tom House had us doing that. And so, it, that was a specific reason, We and it worked. Well, that's why some days in, in pregame you'll see the pitchers out in the outfield throwing footballs to each Throwing other. footballs. And it's just to strengthen the arm in a way that if they're, they're throwing uh, – Throwing a curveball, it's mm-hmm. it's really helpful. Uh, there, Tom House can probably give you a lot more to that, and maybe one day we'll get him on this thing so he can explain that to us too. Okay. <clears throat> so anyway, um, okay. So first pitch, first pitch strikes. All right. Now we're going into the strategy part. Okay. We're looking at a hitter, and he's turning on your fastball pretty good. He's Right-handed hitter, your right-handed pitcher, or we can go left-handed hitter, left-handed pitcher. It doesn't matter, or it doesn't matter if you're right or left-handed, right or left. If they're going, if they're turning on the ball and going the line on your best fastball, they got a quick bat. Mm-hmm. That's the first. And watching a hitter more, you'll see, you'll see exactly what what we're talking about on all pitchers. So the guys that can make the adjustments are the better hitters. The weakest part of the plate for a hitter is the outside part of the plate. They see middle, middle end. They're jumping on it, and they're getting it as soon as they can. Sure. All right, and that should be the strategy for young kids. All right? If I'm a pitcher and I'm a young kid, the best thing that I can do is throw a strike. That's, oh, absolutely. That's that's all, really, that you should focus on. It doesn't matter about what pitch. It matters throw a strike. And then from that point, you go to uh, location, pitch location. Try to hit spots over the plate. 
So uh, when I was with the Yankees, Billy Connors had a rule. He said, I, we're going after hitters, and we're not going to go to the corners until we get two strikes. We're going after the hitters first. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, here it is, hit it. So I th that worked very well. Matter of fact, and there, there's a lot of – it makes a lot of sense. Guys were getting out of games a lot of quick uh, – going deeper into games because they are getting guys out – a lot faster. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a if I'm a young guy, if I'm a coach, I'm gonna say go right after the hitter. We definitely need to do that. Okay, so okay, strategy. If he's got a slow bat, you don't want to you don't want to throw to his bat speed. So throwing no. a change up to a, a, a slow bat is like doing yes. batting practice. <laughs> or you don't want to do that either. So think about it. There are, there are times you can do that and get by with it, but it's not every time. So you look at that. Okay. We're talking about straight pitch selection, okay? The prominent pitch in baseball is a fastball. Sure. So you're gonna, as a hitter, you're gonna see that seventy percent of the time anyway. Mm -hmm. So what we're gonna do is, those guys that are jumping on first pitch fastballs, we're gonna change that up on them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And a good changeup right there, first pitch. In some some instances, will be a better pitch to throw at that time. Right. So now you understand the the philosophy and how we think. All right. Okay. All right. Well, that's some insight on pitching, and that's going to take our time for today. We certainly appreciate you joining us here on our mound visit. Thanks, Lark. That'll wrap up this visit to the mound. We certainly appreciate you joining us today for a little baseball talk. Anytime you want to hear something about baseball, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast, or you can go to roguemedianetwork.com for the next edition of A Visit to the Mound. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs>